Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Make sure to check out my uh, TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World, this weekend. We're doing a best of compendium of uh, the last few months, some of the funnier headlines. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So go to NewsmaxTV.com and uh, get all the listings and all of that stuff. Uh, we've got people who want to be on on the radio today, and I want to hear from you guys. Here's the numbers, 800-922-6680. I've got a, a little bit on the uh, newest indictment and reaction to it uh, coming up here. But I am told we have Elizabeth in Virginia who would like to chime in. Elizabeth, how are you? Welcome to the Rob Carson Show, and a good Friday to you. Thank you. Same to you. I listen to you every day. And Thank I you. want to talk about Mike Pence. Yes. Tremendous disappointment. Always was a fan of his. I thought he was a good vice president. Mm -hmm. And he had not only the privilege, but he had the responsibility to question the irregularities that occurred during that election with Donald Trump. And he threw it away. They've never been addressed. It's likely going to reoccur in this next election. And I'm so disappointed in him. And now he's out really badgering Trump. And I know you interviewed him and all, but he never yeah. really answered your questions. I know, and and that's kind of what I expected. And and again, I, uh, uh, I I'm not going to debate uh, what Mike Pence did on January the sixth. I I know, and I have said since January the seventh, it was a setup. I know it, and you know why? You know why? Because I'm not stupid. And uh, uh, and, and I'm not going to get into a, a, a whizzing match with Mike Pence about what he could and couldn't have done, et cetera. I'm not. I'm not going to have that argument. I'm going to beat it until the death. I know that. Uh, I yes. think there were things that could have been done. That yes. things should have been heard at least didn't happen. Absolutely. But, uh, Such but, a disappointment. But, well, Mike Pence in, uh, is is kind of on the ropes right now as far as his campaign is concerned, and he's very defensive. He got very defensive after Tucker Carlson went after him. And then uh, yesterday he came to the interview you know, a little uptight about stuff, and then whatever. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. You, you you can say that. You know, can use the Constitution. So I couldn't do anything. Okay, fine. That's great. You know, there are a lot of people who say otherwise. They have the right to have their opinion. So well, you can't you can't filibuster and say, well, the Constitution is law. Well, you really there are a lot of uh, people who are in the legal profession who have much more legal knowledge than you do who say, nah, nah, you know, should have you know there's some things that should have been heard, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had an opportunity and he blew it, and it, and we're paying for it right now. And the next election is going to suffer for it. Well, this is why, and and regardless of how you think uh, what he did or what he didn't do or what he could have done and all of that, in, in the hearts and minds of Trump voters, uh, unfairly or not, Mike Pence had never had a chance to come no. into this race and do anything because Trump voters already made up their mind. They say once you once you are perceived as disloyal uh, to Donald Trump. Um, people just say, okay, screw you. Because, you know, Donald Trump is over here. He's, you know, he's going through all these legal BS, the $60, $70 million in legal fees that he's having to fork out. The only person who could survive this onslaught, and the only reason is, A, he's got the deep pockets, and B, he's a badass who who isn't going to just sit and take it. And, And every time he gets attacked, he gets up again and starts punching again. And that's why people defend Trump so so uh, vociferously, because they look at any blow against Donald Trump as against a blow against the American people and what Donald Trump is fighting for. Well, thank you for taking my phone call. And yeah. I listen to you every day. You're outstanding. I love your humor, and I love your music. And keep at it. Well, you just call anytime you want to slather compliments all over me. That would be fine. Thank you. <laughs> All right, have a good day. Have a good day. What else we got here? We got another call here on my phone. I've got to go to my phone to find out who's on the phone with me because I. Thomas in Balmer. Thomas in yes. Balmer. How you doing there, buddy? What's going on? Yes, this Thomas Fixin Harris, the perennial candidate of Congress. Oh, <laughs> I want to talk about yes. what your interview yesterday with Swami. Yes, Ramaswamy. Yes. See. And I keep hearing from uh, conservatives, you know, about why the vice president do not identify as Indian or what have you. Yes, Kamala Harris, yes. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, race is a very, very potent issue in America, historically, legally, and lots of other things, okay? and. She's been living as a black woman in her entire life. and She's uh, also been living as an Indian wo- uh, woman her entire life. No, they put that on her, but she... she no, 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 her mom's completely Indian, 1,000% Indian. I, I know, but what I'm saying is that she she's a, 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 a black sorority and, and everything. But Could have been in an Indian sorority. Huh? Could have been. I'm just saying. I don't know. But go ahead. Hey, go ahead. Okay. So what I'm saying is is, yeah. is that uh, you know if you if you have one drop of black blood in you 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 consider black. You know, well, okay, well, okay. I could have one. Per- I could have a drop of black blood in me. Right. Would I be right. a, Would I be a black guy? Well, well, yes, you would. If it, you, you, someone could argue that point. But what? But you. That is, you this is. This explains a lot of things. I was really into R and B and funk in the seventies, and I'm in Iowa. I'm, I'm like, I, I had a sense of rhythm. I'm not like most white people. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just just saying about the sensitivity. Well, here, here, let me tell you. Let me. And by the way, what's your name again? You're you're running for Congress. Go ahead. No, I'm a perennial candidate for Congress. Oh, you're a perennial. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we're having this discussion. I think we probably are a little different. My problem was it was a a marvelous opportunity since we're always concerned about being first. You know, Rachel Levine, the first transgender, whatever the hell in the uh, ADHS or CHB or whatever the hell she's part of. uh, You know, first transgender, first this first that 
Kamala Harris could have had, could have, no, no, listen to me. She could have become the first Indian president in America and celebrated her Indian heritage because Indian people come here, I mean, They've come here for hundreds of years, and they have been being entrepreneurs and scientists and excellent. They're, they they actually uh, earn more money than white people. I mean, they really kick butt. And so I thought, right. why don't you right. celebrate your Indian heritage? And the reason being is there's no uh, political capital in being an Indian. But there is political capital in being a black person. That, that That's true, but every black person in America would despise her for that because you would have been accused of trying to pass. Well, I know, but still, you can't ignore half of your heritage. You know what I'm saying? Don't you see how Indian people might be a little bit upset that she completely ignores the fact that this group of wonderful people, the the Indian people who come here, and they run businesses in the... But every black person in America would despise her. Well, that's it's sad that that would have to happen. What about, I mean, I guess Barack Obama had a white mom. He could have guessed that he was a white guy, too. But in, I mean, in, in have you seen him dress? In, I mean, he dresses and rides a bike like a white guy. Right, but every black person <laughs> in America would despise him, too, if he had done that. Well, it, what, why? Because, you know, legally, it's law in some states. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in like Louisiana, you have to have 33 generations to pass from black to white. Okay. Well, it's, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to have to look at my ancestry DNA uh, and see if I've got any African-American heritage, because if that's the case, I'm going to be the, uh, the black guy on the radio guy. I, I'm a <laughs> Thanks for the call, bro. I, appreciate I, I do appreciate the phone call. I'm not exactly sure what we were trying to accomplish there. But, uh, but it, 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 I'm just saying. If you're going to play identity politics, and it's, you're always the first, and Corinne Jean-Pierre was the first immigrant lesbian black woman as the spokesperson. <laughs> the first, she was the first black lesbian, whatever, and it's a big deal. And, and here is Kamala Harris. And you look at the Indian people who, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, millennials and Gen Z are uh, second generation and their parents came here and they told their kids be excellent in school, do well. If you hear Vivek Ramaswamy's story about his parents told him, the guy's got a couple of degrees. They said, over-educate yourself and they exceed and they excel. And now they're out actually making more money than white people born here. I don't care. I make more money than me. I don't care. Be excellent. You can be purple and make more money than me. If you kick my butt, then you make more money than me. Fine. But, uh, but Kamala Harris had a real opportunity to celebrate her Indian culture and celebrate her mother. And she's never said, I am an Indian American. And she's never been the first Indian American vice president. And I think that's a tremendous disservice to the people, uh, Indian American population of the country. Because you should be celebrated. Your, your heritage, not only in India, but here... As entrepreneurs and uh, and and uh, uh, students and uh, parents and all of this should not be ignored. It should be absolutely one thousand percent celebrated. So that's the only issue I have with um, with that. And when I had um, 
I had Nikki Haley on, and then I had Vivek Ramaswamy. I said, "Why, you know, why didn't you?" I'm going to run the. I think I'm going to run the uh, Vivek Ramaswamy a good part of it coming up on the show. That way, you can hear what he had to say. But I think, you know, if you're going to play the identity thing and you're going to say that I'm a this and a hyphenated that, why did you not make a big deal out of being Indian American? So uh, a lot of things happened yesterday, and uh, MSNBC has gone bananas. They are absolutely convinced that these latest charges against Donald Trump are going to end the possibility he will run, and the reason why they're doing this because this is the all-in. This is the all-in, all-done. They are going to do everything they can to uh, to take him down, and people are uh, relenting. People are saying, no, nah, you know, I don't think so. A lot of people are uh, are saying, no, I don't I don't think that. And then the Joe Rogan, here's Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan is a, uh, uh, I would venture to say he's a libertarian, uh, left-of-center libertarian. So, uh, and, and I respect him. I really do. He's a phenom. Joe Rogan is a phenom. Uh, he, he, he relates to people, and he's a phenom. Here's what he had to say about the latest series of charges brought by the DOJ, the third indictment of Donald Trump. Here's Joe Rogan. And the people that, that love Trump, they feel like this is a witch hunt, and they feel like all the things he's getting indicted for are bullshit anyway. It does, not only does it not work, but it kind of hardens their position mm-hmm. that he's being targeted and that this is – these are like – It's because um, – <clears throat> He is being targeted. The, the actions of a banana republic. You take your political rival and you arrest him. And specifically, you charge him with things that you're guilty of. Like the, the, the documents, like yeah. the classified yeah, documents. That, yeah. Biden's guilty of the exact same issue. Yeah, that, that's called a double standard, by the way. <clears throat> In case Joe didn't know, that's a, that's called a double standard. Here are um, uh, people being interviewed out instead of uh, Mar-a-Lago about the latest indictment. I think this is uh, uh, I think this is the edited version because one they uh, somebody used a little spicy language. Let me play. Hold on, open. Guy. Here it is. Uh, you're here supporting Donald Trump. Yeah, you're live on the bus. Well, well you're live on Sky News. Tell me why. The only way to save America is with Donald Trump. They would have it. He's the man who tried to destroy America, subvert democracy. That's yeah, another made-up story. It's another been made-up story. Another made-up indictment. They've been after this man since he came down the escalator Boom. eight years ago. Boom. And remember, when was America great? 2017, 18, 2019. Yep. Until the commie Democrats called their bosses in Wuhan to release the virus. Woo! Remember, we had a thriving economy. <laughs> yeah. Stock market was through the roof. Energy independence. We had respect all around the world. Yeah. We were the number one superpower. We were doing great. America first. He put the Constitution first, and it all went to shit 30 months ago. Uh, apologies for the language, by the way, but listen, number one, uh, number one. This is Sky News, by the way, Australia. Generally, they have some uh, fairly conservative people on there. You say not the number one democracy, the prosecutors would say, because of this man, the man who will appear here. We're going to remember, where are you from? Scotland. Well, here in America. He's from Scotland. Get in my belly. We're a constitutional republic. We follow the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It might have been an autocracy had Donald Trump had his way. That would be the way. Old Scotty over here. He's going after his Scotty over there. Yeah. Remember, we got a guy now that thinks he's. The prosecutors. You been deleting this. King. So. That was just gibberish. You know what? We got a Trump there, King. With an America First King, Woo! so I would support King Trump coming back, <laughs> occupying the White House again in January 2025. That really stirred him up, old King Trump. Yeah. All right, here's the number: eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Let's take a break. You are listening to a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders, no matter how big your business grows. 
and they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Little credence. Such a good song. Run through the jungle. It is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. The uh, number is 800-922-6680. Before we go to calls, I want to play this again. Jim Gossett threw this together. We decided to do a little tribute to the 7-Eleven employees uh, who own the uh, the 7-Eleven in California, Stockton, California. A lot of the times we... uh, uh, and and I've, I'm sure I've been guilty of, of this in the past. You, you talk about people who work at 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah, we're going to 7-Eleven. Or, oh, you work at the drive-thru. You're a loser. But, you know, people have to do these jobs. And, uh, and pe- this, you know, some people choose this is their living, their, this store. Every time you walk into a business, realize that somebody has put their butt on the line financially so they can sell you whatever or they can do whatever. And every time you're hard on some poor kid who's working at McDonald's because you didn't get a straw and you act like a jerk, realize that you could be in their shoes. That said, these convenience store workers and owners possibly at this store in Stockton, this thief comes in, starts raking stuff into a a garbage can on wheels, and he starts walking out the door, and one of the big guys, uh, one of the owners of the store, grabs the guy, and the other one got out a broom handle and beat the snot out of him. And I started off the show with that because it's so fun, and it makes me so happy. And this is what Jim did with it. The Rob Garson Show presents... Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Here's to you, Mr. Stockton, California 7-Eleven employee. You and your partner stopped a would-be robber dead in his tracks. The guy was stealing cigarettes. You knew the police in (laughs) California wouldn't do anything. So you took matters into your own hands. They really put his butt out. You grabbed a wooden pole and beat the crap out of it. When he was finally subdued, Mr. Big Shot Cigarette Thief began to whimper. He cried like a little girl. Here's to you, Mr. 7-Eleven employee. You proved that cigarettes can be hazardous to your health, especially when you steal them. That is wonderful. Jim Gossett, by the way, jimgossettcomedy.com. Let's go to uh, Todd and Glenn Burney. Hello there, Todd. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today, bro? <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm yeah. sorry, but Rob, I'll, I can't stop laughing at that. The big cigarette thief. But you, you, you've given me laughter, which at this point in my life I need a lot. Oh, of I know. I know. appreciate you. you um, no, I, two things. You know, when I hear that um, audio, it makes me just smile like the Joker, uh, you yeah. know, with, with this guy getting whipped. I, I love, like, when I see, like, people like that getting beat down. I do cartwheels across the floor, which is not a pretty sight, by the way. Yeah, because you know what? That's the way it should be always. When it it comes to shoplifters, that's the way it should always wind up. That they end up with a a butt kicking, you know, and I think and I just think it's glorious. Yep, I do too. Um, But I I called in to talk about the the Mike Pence. Yeah, he just he's coming across as like this arrogant little baby. I don't (laughs) I don't get it, but you mentioned Trump 
he gets punched down, he gets beat down, but he gets back up and starts swinging again. And it reminded yeah. me, I don't know if you're familiar with the scene in the Rocky Balboa movie where he talks to his son out on the street. Yes, and yes. He, he says, it doesn't matter how hard you can hit, it matters how hard you can get hit and get up and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. You're and exactly that, right. That's, it, it's so inspirational. And I, th- that's just that's how I view Trump. I mean, yeah. I've never seen a guy that that has gotten beaten down more than this guy from, yeah. from the establishment, from the political class, from the swamp. You know, however you want to characterize it. And the dude just keeps on moving forward. But it's you know what else? Let me let me let me let me let me, let me give this. Donald Trump does what the Republican establishment doesn't have the balls to do. They never do. Everybody everybody talks about it. Republicans, they go to Washington, D.C., and they kowtow, and they, and they always disappoint, right? Am I right? Every yeah. single time. People want the impeachment uh, inquiry to move forward because there's ample evidence, unlike there was with Donald Trump. People want that, but Republicans, they're being big meow-meows, and, and they are letting you down again. Donald Trump doesn't do that, does he? And Americans love him for that. That's exactly right, and I appreciate your show, man. I really do. All right, man. Have, have a good one. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the Republican Party always goes to Washington, D.C. Uh, the Democrat Party is always there. They don't care. They will impeach. They will call you every name in the book. They will incite violence. They will do everything they can because they can get away with it. And then when you try to speak up, they will beat you down. And Republicans normally turn tail and cry and go home to their mommies and everything. But Donald Trump does it. And that's one of the reasons why Republicans stick with Donald Trump and why people from the Democrat Party are going to Donald Trump as well. Sorry to say that, Dems. It's true. Your candidate sucks. And he's destroying the country. Back in a few. Who can you trust? A new study finds Americans don't trust big media. Millions are going to Newsmax as their trusted source. They go to Newsmax.com and watch Newsmax TV for the news they really need to know. They download the free Newsmax app. Almost 7 million cable viewers watch Newsmax, but not Fox News. And 20 million Americans like you have made the switch and watch Newsmax all the time. So make the switch to Newsmax for real news. So this is uh, where we are in our country today, that we are witnessing a senator in the process of dying. And I'm not meaning to be cruel. We're all going to get there eventually, right? Some of us may make it to 90 years old. Some may live longer. Doesn't mean that you should be a senator. Senator Dianne Feinstein, California, has ceded power of attorney to her daughter, but she's still a senator. She can't handle her financial house uh, and and presumably cannot drive. <laughs> but she's one of the most the 100 most powerful people in the country. And as I like to say, if you can't go to the bathroom by yourself without somebody assisting you, you sure as hell shouldn't be a senator. It is absurd on the face of it. We heard, uh, you know, uh, what was it, John uh, 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 the, uh, Fetterman, Fetterman from Pennsylvania had a massive stroke. Uh, mail-in v- ballots, most of the voting had been done before he did a debate, which was a few months before the election, could barely speak. Then we find out that he was hospitalized for depression and he really wanted to die. And he's being celebrated as a hero. Uh, honestly, it is so disgusting and, and I think the reason for it, I'll be honest, is because 
these Senate seats have been bought and paid for. And when you are bought and paid for and you owe donors and you owe the donor class and you owe the party, then by God, you're going to complete that term and you're going to pass the legislation that we want and you're going to fulfill your promises or you're not going to retire. That's what I think. And I'll bet you a thousand percent I'm right. Uh, they, they, they are, they're not expected to serve out their term as a duty to the people. They are expected to complete the term for the donor class and the lobbyists and the party. That's more important than allowing a 90-year-old woman to go home and die with dignity. That's how pathetic it is in this country. i got to tell you, it's thoroughly disgusting. My mom died at 91 years old year and a half ago. Her mind was as sharp as a tack, but she could not take care of herself. Not one little bit. And I certainly wouldn't say, oh yeah, she could be a senator. Really? The Democrat Party is morally and intellectually bankrupt, and I will also say that of the deep state in charge of Washington, D.C., that they would do this is, is remarkable. And the same things happen with Joe Biden, his brain. I mean, dementia doesn't get better. He's not going to get some, wake up one morning and go, hey, man, I feel great. I am crystal clear. It's not going to happen. Let's go to uh, Bob in Denton, Maryland. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, Rob Carson. What up? You're a shirt tail relative of Johnny Carson, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes, Johnny Carson, yes, absolutely, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <I> was, uh... <laughs> He's my idol, by the way. He's my idol, by the way, yeah, Johnny Carson was. I know it. Yeah. As a little boy. Some of, the people, some of the people today don't know who Johnny Carson was. I know, I know. <laughs> I was calling about an earlier conversation, you know, well, you know, should it be a, uh, an Indian American or an African American? Yeah, or, yeah talking about you know, what Kamala Harris. I said, I, hold on, let me set it up. Kamala Harris has never said proudly that she's an Indian American. She's only said that she's right. black. Because there's no political capital in being an Indian American. You're not a victim class yeah. if, you, if you're an Indian American. That's the reason why. But go ahead. Yeah. And so my point is, you know, we're supposed to be a melting pot, right? Yes. You know? Yes. And so you put all this stuff in the pot. And I would hope we all become Americans. You yeah. know, it's not a stew pot where you can taste the carrots and you can taste the cabbage and you can taste the beef. It's a melting pot. You know, yeah. we're all yeah. Americans and we should Amen. try to be Americans. If, you know, when I, when I was, uh, I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, we watched Schoolhouse Rock. And Schoolhouse Rock used to be really patriotic. They had the America Rock, and they talked about great American melting pot, great American. And, and we did, and we didn't think twice about it. And I've said this before, uh, to me, and, and, you know, the left has done its level best to drive a, a racial wedge between all of us. But I'm going to tell you, I grew up in Iowa, uh, and I know we're supposed to be the whitest rednecks and, you know, all of this, and we hate black people. Not the case at all. Not the, now, now, most of the people in my high school were white people. I get it. There were some Asians. There were some gays. There were, there were two, uh, at least two black kids, right? Nobody thought anything about it. In fact, one of the, the, the black girl, she ended up being like the homecoming queen because nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. And then we didn't say I'm an African-American. We didn't say I'm a whatever American, all this. And, and I'm with you. I don't like it. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do that hyphenated crap, don't insult a very large group of people who come here and are enormously successful as earners, as inventors, as students, as whatever. The Indian population, don't slight yep. them because it doesn't advantage you politically. Yeah, I, that, I feel it's exactly the same way. 
All right. What are you about? Are you hyphenated at all? What are you? Where you come from? I'm not saying you got to. I'm I'm Irish. I'm I'm uh, what am I? I'm German, Irish, and English American. Yeah, I got some of that too. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I think <laughs> I got to uh, identify myself. But I, I grew up in Oak Harbor, Washington. How about that? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! All right. Well, brother, have a glorious weekend. Okay. I hope you do too, and all the best all right. to you. You too, buddy. Yeah, keep laughing, man. Try to laugh whatever you can do, because uh, they're going to do everything they can to wreck, wreck this country, and we've got to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and fight again. Randall in Pacific Grove. What's going on, Randall? Hey, you know, when you're talking about age, you know, did you remember that old Geritol commercial? You're oh, Geritol, yeah. You're as young as you feel, and that would be 85, right? <laughs> well, yes, I'm, yes. I'm not Chevy Chase. Okay, uh, so I called because of the subtlety here. With the, uh, I used to think that conservative Republicans that were sheepish and uh, timid were just trying to use, uh, you know, biblical references to say why they can't go too far. Because yeah. you notice how reticent and reluctant they are to go as far as they have to go. But I realized this morning when I got up, no, it's not that they were always cowards. And what they do, yeah. and I've noticed in the media, they do do it a lot. They'll either hide behind their mother's apron or they'll hide behind, well, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't be that way. Well, it's not the decent thing to do to give women the death penalty and all this stuff. They're just cowards, and they don't want to do their job. And that's yeah, and, well, and also, I'm going to mention this. I'm going to mention this as well. Republicans have, uh, and I've, I've used this expression for a while now, uh, there is a conservative apartheid in this country. And it's been happening for a very long time. And Rush Limbaugh was the first person to, to extend the middle finger to the people who would shut down conservative thought. And they fought him tooth and nail for 33 years on the air. All right. And so a lot of Republicans are so used to being shut down, put down, made fun of. You will lose Congress if you don't vote this way. You will lose the House, blah, blah, blah. You, if you try to impeach Joe Biden, you will lose the House. Really? Well, they didn't give a rat's behind about the House when they impeached Donald Trump on nothing, came up with nothing. And that's what the Democrats did. So it's it's the time for. I heard they're up to 400 kinds of indictments now. No, there's uh, four. Yeah, no, there's eighty altogether. Four new ones, so eighty, eighty. Uh, not indictments, but but charges right. so far. But you know, you know, but just honestly, a side note. Just a side note here. You know, Bill Murray, he plays Pebble Beach every year here uh, on the peninsula, and nice. um, once he came out as woke, or I don't, I hate that word. It sounds like a dirty word yeah. to me. But yeah. uh, he, uh, once he came out and be, started being woke. That's when everybody who works with him started coming out with he's a terrible person to work with. Really? Uh, you know, like, that was a big mistake for him to do, you know. Uh, but yeah. it serves him right for trying to uh, stick his nose in that, you know. I got you. Hey, listen, I got to run, bro. Thanks for the phone call. Right. We appreciate it. <clears throat> New polls. I want to share here real quick. I got some audio from Donald Trump yesterday. Uh, most say paychecks are failing to keep up with the uh, inflation and are struggling. And, and I know this, oh, I know this uh, intimately. I was talking to a young man here who's an engineer, and uh, I, I said, hey, man, uh, price your groceries. I mean, how is it impacting you? And he goes, Rob, I'm, I'm impacted in every way, shape, or form. Uh, groceries, rent, everything. And, and he talked to me, about, it is very, very hard to get along here. The survey uh, put together by uh, Economy, no, 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 uh, CBS, CBS, YouGov, said that 13% asserting that they're getting ahead 
financially during the Biden economy. I wonder who those people are. Democrat donor class, people who got really rich the last three years. Uh, 52% said they are staying in the same place. One third, 35% said they're falling behind. When asked if their income is keeping up with inflation, most working respondents, 70% said, nope, it's not, compared to 30% who said it is. And there's nothing worse <clears throat> than not being able to make it to the end of the month. I know this. My God. I <laughs> How many times did I live on a credit card? <laughs> when I got out of college, I used an Amico credit card to buy groceries. I was so poor. It's like I had like $800 limit on the Amico card. I'd go up and buy a microwave, you know, and some Funyuns. <laughs> So I know what it's like, man. I really, oh, you have no idea. Oh, and by the way, and I was mentioned in the uh, engineer uh, uh, was talking to me today. I said, you know why the unemployment is so low and why the rate is so low? Why, Rob? Because people are working two jobs. <laughs> they are. My wife has been one of them. She worked at Ace Hardware part-time when I was out of work, and then she kept it going, and now she's like, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. I'm like, honey, you don't have to work there anymore. We just kind of like the bonus. They're not the bonus, the discount. So um, 61% of respondents use the word struggling to describe the U.S. economy under Biden's lead. 56% use the word uncertain. 36% described it as unfair. And yet they tried the same old Stalinist nonsense where Kamala Harris was, was, uh, was pushed out to say, Bidenomics is working. And I'm like, that is the ultimate insult to a person who's working two jobs, who doesn't have enough. Who, who gets to the end of the register, and they, they give you a tab, and you have to say, you know, I can't buy the diapers this time. Why don't you put those away? If you see somebody like that and you are in a position you can help them out, do that. I, I, I know you, you would anyway, but I'm just saying, just be because so many people are suffering. 69% believe prices have been going up the last few years. Well, duh! Uh, most at least somewhat blame President Biden's policies for the state of the economy as well as their own finances. 80% Republicans, 61% of Democrats. And Bidenomics faces an uphill battle because it's a joke. 57% say Biden is pursuing bad economic policies. 56% of Republicans in Congress understand, think Republicans in Congress understand their economic problems better. You know, some of them do. Some of them do. Hey, shall we do some more statistics? Doesn't that sound like fun? Okay, you don't have to answer that. But I'm going to read these anyway. This is a new poll. 63% of Americans believe the, uh, that President Joe Biden should leave the presidency if the allegations of corruption and possible bribery by foreign powers is true. 33%, according to this uh, TIP survey, T-I-P-P survey, uh, 33% say Biden should be impeached. 30% say he should resign immediately if the charges are true. Broken down by political party, 85% of Republicans think he should be impeached or resigned. 53% uh, who called for impeachment. Uh, and 32% said he should quit. So I told you, hooker by crook. I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, among independents, and here's where the money, this is the money right here, independents. If you lose independents, it's over. If you lose Joe Rogan, it's over. 64% say that Biden should be removed from office, including 33% who say removal should occur by impeachment. 31% say by resignation. You wonder why all that stuff yesterday happened with regard to Donald Trump and these new charges and why CNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC and PBS and PBR and all those stations were camped out in Washington, D.C. like it was the Super Bowl and their satellite trucks were there. Do you know why? Because of what I just said. They're trying to, uh, to they've, they've added the water pumps to the SS Titanic to keep it afloat, and it ain't going to work. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
For those who are just tuning in, we are broadcasting live from Concord, New Hampshire, which is the uh, the capital of the state of New Hampshire. And we were invited here by our glorious affiliates. Um, they are WTSN, uh, 98 FM, uh, WTPL uh, News Talk, 1077, and WEMJ, 1073 News Talk. And both of those have uh, AM signals. And it is it is such a thrill to be here. And and I'm going to tell you, um, <clears throat> I got I to gotta watch somebody who I think is masterful as a uh, radio personality, and that is Jack Heath. Jack Heath is one of the most plugged-in professional, uh, I don't even know, he, he's phenomenal to watch. He, he's a taskmaster. He asks questions. He, he certainly, my show certainly is a lot more P.T. Barnum and professional wrestling than what Jack does, but Jack is such an impactful person. And everybody knows Jack Keith, even and 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 Democrats and Republicans, and they respect him. And I, I have watched him the last couple of days and just took notes because he's spectacular, really, really amazing guy. Uh, and then also the just the team of professionals here, and and then also I want to mention this because uh, we were invited to be a part of the Pulse of New Hampshire. And it is an enormous honor that this company would uh, roll the dice on a, uh, you know, this is a new show, all right? This is a new show. And, um, and we've only been on the air syndicated a year and a half, coming up on two years. And, and yesterday, a gentleman, and his name's Jason, he, uh, he came by just to meet me uh, at the station, and uh, Jason got by. He wrote me a note. He says, such a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for taking the time to see me. Enjoy the conversation. Uh, and we took a picture. I'm going to post it up on, uh, on social media. But he took the time, and um, he said that he, he, he liked my views. He liked the laughter, and, and it, meant a lot. And it mean, meant a lot to me because, you know, I'm a Midwest boy. I, I'm not from New Hampshire. Um, I'm so blessed that I was able to, to discover the state at least a little uh, and meet some people. It's, it's been really, it's just been wonderful. So I just feel a very Welcome here, and I want to thank Benny Media and and uh, the the listeners to uh, these stations because my show is very different than Jack's, and uh, so I, I understand when you you know you're dipping your toes into the show, and you're like, who is this guy? He's a little bombastic or whatever, but I, I hope you're enjoying it. I do want to play a little. Audio. This is Donald Trump yesterday after the uh, bogus indictment in D.C. Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C., and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see. I used to live there a dozen years, and he's right. See it? Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. Yeah. And you know what? There are a lot of people who are not Trump supporters who realize this. And there are a lot of people who Trump is becoming a folk hero for. And these are these are people who have traditionally been downtrodden in this country. For instance, uh, inner city people of color, particularly men, who are realizing the the Democrat Party and what a disaster the Democrat Party is for their own personal lives, for their children, 
in inner city schools, and they're looking at the Democrat Democrat Party, and they're realizing that the Democrat Party always promises and never delivers, and they see how the Democrat Party has abused them, and they see this folk hero guy, this guy who, you know, he doesn't look like me, but, but he is getting pummeled by the same people who have wrecked the country. And, and so there's a lot of people going over to Donald Trump. You may think, oh, yeah, well, the polling shows that this and this and this and that. If you think it's just going to be Trump supporting Republicans supporting Donald Trump, you're out of your nut. They're making a folk hero out of Donald Trump. The, the left, the, the deep state, the, uh, the media, they're making and they have made a folk hero out of Donald Trump. He is, as much as you know, you might think otherwise, he is the antidote to the man. You're thinking he's the man. No, 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 no. The man is the deep state. When you are talking about going, going up, uh, you know, going after the man, the man, it's me against the man. The deep state is the man. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. There's the deep state. It's, uh, it's pipeline to big pharma. It's pipeline to, to uh, whatever. Yeah, they're the man, and Donald Trump is the uh, is the antidote. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Worldwide Web, this is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. What a week it has been, right? Another week, another indictment. Just wait till another big uh, story comes out. For the, for the next indictment out of Georgia, you got to wait because uh, there'll be some sort of uh, new information about Joe Biden and his crooked family getting millions, tens of millions of dollars from our enemies. It's undeniable. And if you deny it at this point, honestly, uh, really, okay, go work at MSNBC. Um, we did talk to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy yesterday, and I wanted to run the interview because I think he's a fascinating guy, and I and I believe uh, you know I would support him in a run for president in 2028. Oh heck yeah, it's really cool. I mean, and I got to talk to him about an hour yesterday, and he is I believe a very genuine person. He is a committed person, and he and he understands. He gets it. He gets your plight. He gets that we are on a peaceful revolutionary footing. We are a pre-revolutionary war footing peacefully. It's coming. Okay, We're in the middle of it. We started it. We're responding to the war they started. It's not, it's not physical. It's not, it's not guns and stuff. It's ideology. And we're fighting back. So I started with him, uh, and I asked him about, uh, you know, he's a strong supporter of the, of the America First agenda, right? I appreciate that, because it is a movement. America First is bigger than Donald Trump. It is bigger than me. It is about the people of this country. And I respect the heck out of Donald Trump, and I'm not going to sit here and trash him like many other people want me to do. 
I think his election in 2016 was a super important milestone in this country in stopping the inevitable march of the left. But I'm in this race to take that agenda to the next level. Okay. You know, the wall, we built the wall, that's great, but they're building tunnels underneath that wall. I've said I want to use the U.S. military to close those southern border Swiss cheese of holes. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Or take the U.S. Department of Education. He put a good person on top of it, Betsy DeVos, but the right answer is we have to now take the next step and shut it down. And so for me, this is about what are we running to? We've been running from something for a long time as conservatives. What are we running to? And I think that means we have to revive our national identity. Well, and I agree. And uh, one of the things that the left has been uh, uh, allowed to do, and I like to call them the class of 1968. They were the, yep. there's a class of 1968. Uh, Barack Obama was the first progeny of that class. Hmm. The parents were Bill Ayers, Dur- Bernadine Dorn, and that ilk of boomer leftist, mm-hmm. communists. They brought that to the table. Obama was the first progeny of that. And then uh, millennials were the first group of people who went through that indoctrination fully from primary school through college. That's what we're fighting against right now. That's exactly right. But I think they really have overreached, particularly with with a Gen Z, uh, with regard to COVID restrictions and all of this nonsense CRT. And I think we're going to see a burgeoning return to uh, the country has founded freedom of speech, etc. And, and, and that's where I think you're, you're hitting, out, hitting out of the ballpark. Well, I think young people have that revolutionary spirit in them. Yeah. And I am personally optimistic. We're on the hair's trigger of a national revival where you have a government for the last few years have said the people cannot be trusted with the truth. We need to to tell them noble lies about COVID-19 and the origin of the pandemic. We need to tell them lies about the Hunter Biden laptop story or the collusion or the corruption. We must lie about government technology censorship. We have to lie and hide that Nashville transgender shooters manifesto. A government that repeatedly lies to its people. And I think that we're in a moment where we the people are saying, you know what? We can handle the truth. Mm -hmm. And that is what this campaign is all about. Standing up for the truth without apology. What are you going to do about the uh, the uh, the organizations that sponsored government censorship? The the there was a censorship industrial complex. We know that oh, yes. from the Twitter files, etc. What are you going to do? And I'm not just about disbanding it. What are you going to do about holding people responsible for yes. these abuses? So one of the things I've said is on day one, I'll have a directive across the executive branch. Any time a member of the federal bureaucracy has pressured a private actor, like a company, to do something that the government couldn't do directly, such as censoring speech, we will publish it. We will roll that log over and see what crawls out. My job is then to bring the past aside, deliver accountability. The next time a government leader like Anthony Fauci or Merrick Garland or James Comey reaches beyond their legally ordained scope, we have to fire them, fire the managerial industrial complex around them, Fire the legions of people under them. And if there are legal violations, hold them accountable in the same way that any other government bureaucrat who broke the law would be held accountable as well. That is the path to truth. The path to truth runs through transparency. Yes. We have to revive that transparency. Mm-hmm. Right now we have a government that almost it's, it's native instinct. It's like it's muscle memory is to hide whatever it is that comes out. Yeah. My impulse is the opposite. Make it apparent to the public 
that's how we rebuild trust. You um, you mentioned an American Revolution, and I and I believe we're under that. I think we <clears throat> we are at a pre-revolutionary period. I've I've talked about this for a while. Um, I believe that the uh, we we are going to return to common sense from nonsense, and that's what we've been told to believe. Nonsense. Uh, I don't know what the reasoning was behind uh, that. Yeah, I I believe it was based in Maoist politics. It's fairly clear, but I think the American people have had uh, enough of it. Let me ask you this question: um, You are an uh, a hyphenated American. Mm. And I normally don't like to hyphenate Americans. I don't either. But I have always been amazed by the successes of the Indian people coming here as a template for uh, creating greatness in a country other than their country of origin and becoming Americans and recognizing the pride of that. Mm -hmm. Why does Kamala Harris not recognize uh, the fact that she is the first Indian American vice president? It's because she's ashamed and afraid to do it. Here's why. She would rather call herself a black woman because that's a victimhood currency that pays off. Yes. Victimhood has become a currency in the United States of America. It's like a bubble. When that currency is trading at an all-time high, you try to cash it in. Would she have gotten that job if she weren't black American? No doubt about it. The answer is no. Yeah. The voters didn't want her. She hasn't achieved anything meritocratically before. But wielding your identity politics status as a weapon, as a currency to get ahead, that's become the habit in this country. Yeah. And that's not good for black people. It's not good for Indian people. It's not good for white Americans. It's bad for all of us. We should see one another once again, not on the color of our skin, but on the content of our character. Yeah. Get ahead in this country based on a colorblind meritocracy. Yeah. That's what I want to restore. And the funny thing is, and I've noticed this, it's, it's interesting, Rob, is now people say that's actually colorblindness itself is racist. Of course it is. Think of how far we've come. But do you know, that's why they, they always claim you're an ist or an o, uh, you have an obia or whatever when yeah. they want to shut you down. That's it. Shut uh, up, it, sit down, do as you're told. That's you the much. mantra of our time. But I just think that uh, I think it's a, a real tragedy. It was a real opportunity. I remember when Donald Trump was a president, he filled a, a stadium with Indian Americans there to mm-hmm. see the uh, prime minister. And and uh, and there was, I, I think that uh, we need to uh, go back to that, that uh, you know, see America, and for lack of a better cliche, the uh, shining city on the hill. And yes. I still think it exists, that it exists in the hearts of people who want to come here. <laughs> Unfortunately, the left has uh, derided the, the country so badly uh, that uh, that we've forgotten about the, you know, the successes of But of we people. can remember it again, yeah. right? It's, we call it the American dream for a reason. Yeah. I feel like we're in this zone where we woke up from that dream. And when you wake up from a dream, you forget what it was about, but you still remember what it felt like. At least you do for a little bit. That's where I think we are in our national life. We remember that. Don't let it disappear. No. This is our moment. We don't have a lot of time to work with. This is what gives me my sense of urgency. I'm 37. Yes, I'm young, but I have a sense of urgency to do this now, yeah. especially for young Americans yeah. who have lost their national identity, and I still think we can revive it. If we, if we proceed with clarity and urgency, and that's what I'm bringing to the table. We have uh, spent too much time focusing on the one guy kneeling during the anthem, not the 65,000 who stand yes. for it. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm, perf- I'm perfectly fine. Of course, uh, you know, offensive speech is the, the speech we need to protect because it's the, you know, the, but, but honestly, we focus too much time on the Kaepernicks and the whatevers and not on the people who weep when they see the national or hear the national anthem. Then, then I think that we're getting, we can leave that behind. Uh, you, just real quick, I'm going to wrap this because I know you're busy, uh, but we had this conversation about how... Um, 
how grateful, despite the turmoil in the country, I am to witness this, to witness this uncovering of this deep state, to witness the malfeasance of the press and all of these things. I, I, it is painful, but I feel like the last three or four years, all of this has been presented to us, and, and we are witnessing uh, a transformation because of it. So I feel grateful, despite oh. all the BS and the indictments and the whatever, that at least the left is exposing their plan, laying it bare so we can beat it. And you know what? That's an optimistic way to look at this that I share with young people. Imagine what it would have been like to be alive in this country in spring of 1776, right? The founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, was in his mid-20s when he sat down to write the Declaration of Independence. Think about that. A guy in his 20s wrote the greatest mission statement for a nation in human history. So so, so think about this as as Thomas Jefferson. I tell, remind young people of this all the time. He was in his 20s, in his mid-20s, when he wrote the Declaration of Independence, the greatest mission statement known to mankind. And the funny thing is he actually, you and I are sitting on swivel chairs. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson literally invented the swivel chair while he was writing the Declaration well, of Independence. Well, I am sitting on history right you now. Really Thank are. you really are. And what a special time to be alive now. Yeah. Because yeah. it is one of those moments where, yes, there's a lot of reasons for despair, just like our founding fathers had back then. But I think we live in a special moment. And again, I think that's the choice we face in this election, even in this GOP primary. Do you want reform or do you want revolution? And I stand on the side of the American Revolution. It is a special time to be alive if we open our eyes and see it that way Mm -hmm. and then act accordingly to revive those ideals. So uh, I've heard you already asked about uh, possibly if you would, would you consider a VP, blah, blah, blah. We've already been there. I'm not going to ask you that question. Uh, But when you're considering a vice president. Um, yeah, obviously, everybody says, well, we got to get South Carolina. we got to get this state. We gotta win I have a feeling you're not going to uh, steer that direction. You'll see the positives of bringing, but you also need that ideology. What is the kind of person, what are the, what are the things that you must hear from a potential vice presidential candidate? The first thing is they share my vision. They must, whoever those candidates are, and we're starting to think about it, they're going to have to share my vision of radical reform in this country, not incremental reform. Gutting the administrative state is the top domestic priority. Declaring independence from our enemy, communist China, is my top foreign policy priority. They're going to have to have both deep knowledge of how to get those things done, as well as, and this is important, a deep commitment to getting those things done. I think this is a president, this is a mistake that many presidents make, is they think they have to get somebody who will help them get a few extra votes, but they don't actually have deep alignment Mm -hmm. with that vice president. I look at it the other way around. I want somebody who has deep alignment in my pro-American vision without apologizing for it. And personally, I think the way we unite this country is not through compromising on our principles. It is by being uncompromising about the principles that make us American. And that's why I'm in this race. I uh, Finally, I, I've quoted this many times because I've seen the direction of, uh, of uh, what people are thinking. And 74% of the American people believe the country is going in the wrong direction. There's only one reason for that. It's the man in the White House and the people in charge who are pulling the strings. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what's going to happen to him? Uh, who do you suppose is going to be? Do, do you think you're going to be running against Joe Biden? I do not. I think I'm going to be running against Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or the next puppet they trot along. How are you going to appeal to Democrat voters? I say 74% believe the country's going the wrong direction. means 74% would come together to save her. 
I agree with that. How do you how do you grab those Democrats who who are Trump haters? They look at the Republican as Trump party. How do you bring the well, across? Here's the thing. I'm saying many of the same things that Trump is saying. I'm going further in some cases. But I'm not driving 30% of this country into psychiatric illness. And that's going to be an advantage. I think my age works in that favor. My story, the fact that I'm a first-generation American who's lived the American dream, those things work in my favor, and I'm going to use them. One of the things, Rob, we're seeing in this campaign is, get this, 40% of the 70,000 donors we have are first-time ever donors to the GOP of any kind. For a normal Republican, that number is 2%. So when I'm on the campaign trail, I don't talk about Republicans and Democrats. I don't. In fact, I think we have a lot of rot in the Republican Party itself, if we're to be honest about this. I talk about whether we are pro-American. Do we stand for those 1776 ideals? Do we stand for the ideals this nation was founded on? Or are you, like Kamala Harris, for example, fundamentally anti-American? Do you wish to apologize for a nation founded on those ideals? And if you divide it up that way, it is easily 80-20 in our favor. Amen. And half the 20 are people younger than me who never learned those ideals in the first place. We're going to bring them along, too, and deliver a landslide like Ronald Reagan did in 1980. That's what I'm delivering in 2024. I appreciate your time today. It's been a real pleasure to, to meet you, actually. Yeah. Really, really. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, and, and you have, uh, you have uh, absolutely solidified how I thought about you, and, uh, and, I, and I believe you're very, very sincere, uh, more so than many uh, politicians I've met in the past. So I wish you the very best, sir. Thank I you. appreciate that. It's good Absolutely. to be here in person. You bet. All right, there you go. That's the uh, interview with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, I will just say that if I could describe him, it would be pure, unadulterated optimism, energy, and professionalism. I mean, wow. Wow, what a guy. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you want to uh, listen to the interview with Vivek Ramaswamy or the interview we did yesterday with Mike Pence or uh, Nikki Haley, just go to the podcast of The Rob Carson Show, which is available at Newsmax.com slash listen slash listen. Okay, normally I don't do, I don't play requests, you know. And by the way, if, you, uh, if you're a really big uh, music radio person, um, most of the time when they're taking your requests, uh, you're not going to hear your song because... The playlist is already, you know, it's already there. They do their special requests, you know, things that they won't swallow. But we do requests here on this here radio program, and this one goes, it's a long-distance dedication. Uh, actually, no, it's not very far. He's just in the next room. Lee, my boss, he really loves this parody. This is his favorite parody we've done. And I want to play this for Lee right here about the Secret Service and Hunter Biden's cocaine problem. The Secret Service has no explanation. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. Why did they shut down their investigation? That's fairly obvious. Not like they really tried. It's obvious they've lied. It's another whitewash from the White House. And who did it? Secret Service Man. Secret Service Man. Cover up for Hunter That had to be their plan No fingerprints, no video, they tell us I didn't say anything, you say anything It's a flimsy story, they can't sell us Just like the FBI They 
big guy. Credibility, they don't have any. No, not anymore. Secret service men. Secret <laughs> service men. Yeah. A bigger load of BS. There has never been. There you go. That is Jim Gossett. That is a special dedication of uh, on the Friday request. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Uh, and if you want to help out Jim Gossett, um, he is a uh, uh, publisher. You know, we call him publisher. He's a performer. And uh, a lot of the times conservative uh, comedy gets boycotted or somebody won't hire you because of your conservative credit. And if you are uh, interested, you can support uh, Jim by going to his Patreon page. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com. And just uh, look up Jim Gossett and uh, support him. You know, you give him five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, or whatever. Uh, if you can do that, that would be great because it is a tough road to hoe to be a uh, a conservative comedian. It's not. It's not easy. Speaking of comedians, I saw this online this morning. It's apropos of nothing really, except for that one thing that I've noticed about Donald Trump's speeches is his incredible ability to improvise, all right? Uh, He's a really funny guy. He's a really funny guy. And somebody put his music, uh, or put Jerry Seinfeld music behind him. You know the end of Seinfeld, he always do a stand-up routine. This is part of a speech from Donald Trump, and it'll put into uh, into perspective how funny this guy is. They want to ban straws. Has anybody ever tried those paper straws? They're not working too good, right? Has anybody ever tried? Seriously, the new source made out of paper, right? It disintegrates as you're drinking. If you have a nice tie like this tie. Yeah. I will play a little bit more of this, but it is uh, it is spot on. All right. A little more uh, news from yesterday, some audio, your phone calls, 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show, live in Concord, New Hampshire. I want to play this in its entirety because it's it's funny, and I felt like I had uh, given uh, the president short shrift. This is, uh, I guess, is the New York Times did this. They uh, noticed that uh, Donald Trump's speeches sometimes stray into stand-up material, and and he does. It's one of the things that he does. It's one of the reasons why I like his speeches. I'm not, and I'm not. It's not because you're a Trump sycophant. No, I enjoy his speeches. They're they're entertaining television. He says, you know, the policies that I agree with. It, of course, you know, because you know that's 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 the way I think. Uh, he's not the guy who made me think this way. I felt this way a long way. All right, but uh, but he does stray into funny territory, and here he is talking about uh, uh, these morons who think that replacing your drinking straws will uh, will save the planet. They want to ban straws. Has anybody ever tried those paper straws? They're not working too good. Right? Has anybody ever tried? Seriously, the new straws made out of paper, right? It disintegrates as you're drinking. If you have a nice tie like this tie, this would have no chance. By the time you get finished, the straw is totally disintegrated. Does anybody walk around with a plastic straw? Because it's not bad. You know, you whip it out, boom, boom. You never had to do that. So they want to ban straws. They said, oh, really? What about the cart? What about the plate? What about the knives and the spoons that are plastic? Oh, they're okay. But the straws we got to ban. See, there you go. 
You you recall I, I said the same thing I, weeks ago. I said he, he, he does stand-up comedy. It's must-see TV. And there you go. That, that's, that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, he, uh, he speaks well. That's one of the reasons why he connects to you and me is because he makes fun of the absurdity of Washington, D.C., even though, you know, he's the president. So uh, you know, kind of, I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting to hear that. Uh, this is a new story I just got from Town Hall. The problem with, and I'm just reading this, okay, I haven't even had a chance to dig into it. I know it has the name Catherine Herridge on it. I turned up my microphone a little there. Don't be shocked. But uh, CBS News' Catherine Herridge received some curious information, which is that Smith may not have reviewed records before indicting Donald Trump. This is CBS News, guys. Okay, Trump entered a not guilty plea to four charges against him, having to do with conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, uh, double parking in a handicap zone, obstruction and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, opening a lemonade stand without a county permit, and conspiracy against rights. He also farted on an elevator. That was on there. Hold on. They just added that at the last minute. Donald Trump did not accept responsibility for breaking wind on an elevator. That was on there as well. <clears throat> and he loves his junk food, so it can't be pleasant. Thousands of pages were turned over by uh, New York Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick in July, who is an ally of Trump. His attorney, Tim Parlator, used to work for Trump's legal team. As the CBS News report mentions, quoting Parlator at length with added emphasis, the documents were submitted to Smith on July 23rd. According to emails reviewed by CBS News, a source close to Carrick's legal team said at the time they believed that the records, which include sworn affidavits from people raising concerns about the intent, of the 2020 presidential contest show there was a genuine effort to investigate claims of voter fraud in the last election. All right, so there is that, right? In another email reviewed by CBS News, uh, to Palator, a special counsel's office prosecutor requested responsive documents as to which the Trump campaign is no longer asserting privilege, blah, blah, blah. Parlator said he was stunned when, after the indictment came down, the prosecutor contacted him asking for records he had already provided. Parlator said the records are absolutely exculpatory. So that's why they're saying that Jack Smith may have completely, oh, here's the, here's the right, right here, here's the records. Okay, yeah, indict him. Didn't even bother to read it. Now, this is CBS News, and we'll see how quickly this uh, this falls apart. If it does, Rudy Giuliani said they bear direct uh, they bear directly on the essential element of whether Rudy Giuliani and therefore Donald Trump knew that their claims of election fraud were false. Parlator said good faith reliance upon claims of fraud, even if a latter turn out to be false, is very different from pushing fraud claims that you know to be false at the time. So, w- would it surprise you? Since Jack Smith literally sent a letter to Donald Trump's legal team without any foundation, but just to say that you may be under investigation, the Saturday before two IRS whistleblowers showed up on Capitol Hill and verified that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden got $5 million apiece for his role in getting rid of the prosecutor in Ukraine. That was caught on tape. There's no doubt about that anymore, by the way. There's no doubt about it. The evidence is rock solid. He even admitted it. And then they got the the uh, the bank records, and then they got the deposits, and then they got the, the guy who owned the company who has the tape recordings and all of this stuff. 
And here is, uh, you know, uh, MSNBC going bananas this morning on the indictment and not on the real corruption. And everybody knows. Everybody knows it is. uh, The Biden family is a criminal family. The evidence is so overwhelming And I think most people are just getting damn tired of being gaslit to feel like you're the buffoon for adding things up that are obvious. Honestly. This is uh, Alina Haba uh, yesterday. She is an attorney for Donald Trump. And she uh, brought up a list of these coincidences that have happened every time that some major news comes out about Joe Biden and his crooked son and crooked family. Uh, all of a sudden come the indictments. And, and everybody gets it. People in the legal profession get it. You lawyers, you get it too. You understand. Don't act like you don't. Give me a break. Anybody worth their salt who has a, a, a law degree, who is a member of the bar, who believes in the rule of law, has to see that this is a political persecution for nonsense. And if you don't, seriously, you need to take your dim glasses off. Here is uh, Alina Haba talking about the list of indictments. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. Yeah. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Yeah, pretty much. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st. Here we go. Devin Archer. Oh, yeah. Goes to testify in front of the House. Mm-hmm. That was only after... They failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. What happens the next day? The January 6th indictment that we're here for today. Oh, yeah, there's that. This is not a coincidence. Of course. This is election interference at its finest. And it's on demand, by the way. It is on demand. Against the leading candidate right now for president. So the latest indictment is sitting in Georgia. And what they're going to do, it's coming by September the 1st. What they're going to do is they're going to wait for some more giant, epic news of Biden corruption to drop, and they're going to whip this out, and MSNBC and Joe Scarborough and Yoko Brzezinski are going to go bananas on it like they did today. For either party, President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team will continue to fight Not for him, but for the American people. All right. This is uh, Victor Davis Hanson the other night on uh, Newsmax. Victor Davis Hanson, in case you, if I haven't made it clear, I really like me some Victor Davis Hanson because he's, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Talking about the uh, the legal system and uh, and what's happening within uh, you know the the uh, the deep state with regard to using the uh, DOJ as a weapon. No, I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? There's no equality under the law. So the American people are saying, if you destroy subpoenaed devices or you erase emails, is that a felony like Hillary Clinton? Oh, yeah. If you take 
papers out when you were a senator when you had no prerogative to declassify them or vice president and nobody knows until you're caught 16 years later is that a felony that yeah. joe biden did we could go on and on and on and on with for almost everything that donald trump is indicted for whether it's the phone call to ukraine you've got a biden phone call it's almost a perfect symmetry and they have deliberately yes. weaponized the uh, jurisprudence of this country and and you know the sad thing is people have lost confidence in the integrity and the yeah. equality of the laws and when you have that occur you don't have a country anymore at least a constitutional state no you you don't and for those of you who practice law i would be very concerned about the credibility of your institution i mean really i you know i'm, I'm not a lawyer uh i haven't gone to law school doesn't mean that you're smarter than me uh you i may have a degree in law but i have a degree in you know whatever i do <laughs> Uh, but but honestly, if I if I, if you were a lawyer in good standing and you love the law and you do what you do out of a, a sense of responsibility for justice, then you uh, you should be of course um, very concerned. Here is uh, this is Rudy Giuliani uh, talking to um, Rob Schmidt the other night about all of this nonsense. They have not sent me a target letter, a subject letter. Yeah, he's supposed to be one of the co-conspirators, by the way. There's seven co-conspirators, but Jack Smith doesn't want him to testify. Why not? Because they would bring uh, evidence to the contrary. That's why I'm not even sure why they're being allowed to do this. And any kind of letter. Uh, everything I know about this is uh, exculpatory. What I mean by that is, to me, when I read this, it contains a tremendous amount of false statements. Now, remember, Catherine, Catherine Herridge is saying of this that much of it is exculpatory and much of it uh, probably wasn't even read by Jack Smith. Uh, more false statements than true ones, actually. And uh, it seems like it's not even an indictment. Yeah. I'm not sure I know what the crime is. I mean, I know these crimes. These are very, very vague crimes. Yeah, of course. Supreme Court has criticized most of them for being too Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. Too vague. It charges, actually, Donald Trump with exercising his right of free speech. Uh-oh. I mean, it's, it's, this is a historic and very, very sad indictment because it's probably one of the biggest attacks the United States government has made on free speech. No, well, the biggest attack on free speech happened the last three years. Actually, closer to the pla- the last seven years with regard to the, uh, the, uh, the deep state running social media, banning stories, banning opinions, deciding what was disinformation or misinformation, and when all of this is brought out in uh, congressional hearings and hopefully trials, people will go to jail for it. One more bite from uh, Rudy Giuliani about Jack Smith. This one will be your legacy, violating the right of free speech of an American citizen. Never mind whether he was president or not. It could be anybody. It could be a homeless person. You don't get to violate people's First Amendment rights, Smith, no matter who the hell you are or no matter how sick you are with Trump derangement syndrome. And this isn't the first time you've acted like an unethical lawyer. It should be the last. There you go. All right, let's take a break. Come back. Last segment from Glorious Concord, New Hampshire coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. If you get the chance, uh, make sure to check out my uh, my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World. And also just check out the lineup on Newsmax. It is uh, just 
must-see television. I'll tell you, the other night I, I was watching um, uh, Rob Schmidt, and I really enjoy uh, Rob Schmidt. Um, he had Victor Davis Hanson, uh, Matt Gates. <laughs> I mean, he had a, just a, some, some uh, thought leaders that are just remarkable. Really, really Good television, really good commentary. Eric Bowling, he did a, a monologue. I think it was Tuesday night, and I just sat there slack jawed like, "Damn, he uh, he really gets it." So, uh, and Greta von Susteren, you want somebody straight down the middle, news rock solid. It, it honestly, uh, it is a, a terrific place to get your news, get some opinions. Uh, it, it's a wonderful channel. And if you if you want to download the Newsmax app on your phone, real easy to do. I listen to Newsmax in my car. Uh, by just uh, connecting it and just just running Newsmax live in, in my car. That's what I like to listen to. I mean, there are the other networks. They like Fox is on uh, satellite radio or whatever. I don't bother with that. I, I w- I'd rather listen to uh, to Newsmax. You can also go to NewsmaxTV.com for uh, not only an archive of my show, but all of the shows you enjoy, Rob Schmidt or Eric Bowling or, uh, you know, Chris Salcedo, any of them, uh, Rob Finnerty in the morning, um, all of those guys. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up with a song parody today because, uh, you know, we're playing a little more comedy today. And, and, and for the first time, I got called out in a national press release by a candidate uh, for president. That would be Mike Pence. And he got mad at me yesterday for... Uh, I won't get into it, but I wanted to play this. This is a little parody we did about uh, Mike Pence. Mr. Uh, Jim Gossett threw it together, and I hope you enjoy it as we get ready to depart from Concord. Traitor, his name's Mike Pence. That's a little strong. Never came to Trump's defense. Oh, there is that, yeah. Did nothing to stop the steal. Mike must have made a shady deal. He couldn't do it. That vote Mike certified Would have been unconstitutional Tried to say his hands were tied He's a man who has no backbone His cowardice showed Okay, a little hard Mike Pence is trashing Trump On his boss he likes to dump Now he says he's gonna run Delegate he won't get one Never be president. Like skim milk, you'll get two percent. He's a <laughs> certified backstabber and a rhino. There you go. That is uh, uh, Jim Gossett. And again, if you want to help him out, uh, just go to uh, uh, Patreon.com. Uh, Jim Gossett, if you would do that, that would be uh, that would be great. All right. Um, before I go, we started off with the uh, 7-Eleven people beating on the on the guy. I'm not going to wrap things up. Um, I do want to mention this. This is uh, this is pretty. You know, we we. Uh, we've experienced some some difficult times the last few years. Uh, inflation, um, obviously, a lot of geopolitical crap that's out of our hands, uh, whether it be the southern border, whatever. And I, I did see a couple of um, startling um, statistics, uh, and I, I didn't even get a chance to do these. I just want to sit this out here. America's alcohol crisis laid bare. Booze is now fifth uh, behind um, uh, the other deaths uh, of people under 50 years old right now. So um, about uh, one-fifth of deaths, people under 50 right now, are alcohol-related. And then there's this. The number of women who drink themselves to death is rising by 15% a year, closing the gap with men and stoking fears of boozing from stress, anxiety, boredom, and loneliness. Um, If you are experiencing this, and if you're struggling and you're thinking there's no way I'm ever going to fix this, if you're drunk right now, 
and I'll bet you there are a few of you right now who are, realize that you, if, if you're breathing, you can save yourself. You can save yourself. Don't be afraid to ask somebody for help, okay? And that can be God. Don't be afraid to ask God for help, but don't be afraid to ask even those who maybe you've hurt with your behavior. Just say, I want to make a change. I want to live my life. And when I see this, and, and, I, and I know it, and I see it, and I, I <laughs> just trust me on this, booze behind the, the one-fifth of deaths among adults under 50 years old, and the number of women who drink themselves to death is rising by 15% a year. So like I said, if you, if you think you have a problem, if you know, and most of you do, you know you have a problem if you got a problem, realize that, that you can, if you just ask for help, you can get some help, all right? And don't be afraid to, uh, don't be afraid to do that. Uh, you know, I, and, and, and I'll just say this. The reason why I had such a dramatic change in my life was because I asked God for help a lot. And I don't think God really saved me until I gave up. I don't think he, I think he realized it was more than I could handle. And I got saved. So, and if you ask anybody who, who uh, knows me or knew me before, you'd say it was uh, pretty miraculous. So if you are in that boat, uh, don't give up, okay? And realize that there are people who want to help you. All right, there you go. So um, I think that's, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, come back, wrap things up from uh, Concord. Again, thanks to Benny Media and the, uh, the Pulse of New Hampshire. Such a blessing to be here. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you to Benny Media, the Pulse of New Hampshire. What a blessing to be here. And the people of New Hampshire, God bless you. God bless all of you guys. Have a great weekend. And until Monday, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.